as I, like I said, we've spent the last three weeks, this is the fourth sermon we've done on prayer. We've set aside the beginning, if you're new, the, set aside the first uh, part of the year to really pour in to God, to really seek him intentionally, which we've done through 21 days of which we call prayer and fasting, where we just take something out of our life and put God in there. Any distractions? And we, your staff, prays over those every Wednesday, and it's amazing how many people in this congregation gave up social media as a part of their fast. Instead of being, you know, going through all the threads every day, see what's going on in everybody's account, they instead of done that, they've turned off and got. In fact, in my wife, in my life, my wife and I turned the TV off completely. And it's been amazing. I mean, who doesn't like to go home and veg? I mean, for sure. We, we, she has an intense job, my wife Deb, there. She, has, she works for a law firm, crazy intense. Of course, I work for the church, equally crazy sometimes. And so, you know, we're, we're always going, and, and we come home, and sometimes we're a little tired, so who doesn't turn to, you know, I go, hey, babe, I'm going to w- have some dinner. I'm just going to watch a little, right now I'm watching the Laker game, uh, Lakers. Can I watch uh, a little game? And how many know that that five minutes turned into two and a half to finish out, see how that finished end up? <laughs> or possibly we might have gone to Netflix, and we were only going to watch one show. And then, you know, in 15 seconds, another one's coming on. Yeah. Eh, let's watch another one. Eh, let's watch another one. And pretty soon the whole night's gone. Are you hearing me? So we've poured into each other. I've been married 42 years. You'd think, you, you know, you, you have it by 30. You never totally arrive. I don't care if you've been married a month or 100 years. It doesn't matter. You're always working at it. We start, we've had the time of our life. In fact, every year we start with a theme. This year's theme is um, teamwork makes the teamwork makes the dream work. Thank you, babe. So we, we are gonna, we're intentional about this year, 2020, to really make sure that we do it as a partnership, a partnership, like decisions are made together, big, small, whatever, we're going to do it together. And in fact, we got into, oh, never mind, <laughs> exercise and all that, it's a part of it. Anyhow, enough of that, you can come here about me. But the same, we're praying the same for you. Whatever the Lord, whatever you think, whatever you're pouring into, whatever you're desiring from God, whatever you're praying for, I want you to know God's going to show up, and especially this week. This is the last week. How many, we're going to break the fast on Super Bowl Sunday. In the Word, it says you can't be fasting on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I'm sure it says it somewhere. But expect, if you have on this journey with us, if you're on this journey with us, expect this week, this last week, to be incredible. Incredible. If some of you gave up food, like I give up food all the way through the, during the day, at first it was crazy. Now I've gotten, my body is actually used to it. I know people in this church, we literally are, are drinking water and juices. And at first it was crazy, but now he says, you know what? I'm, my body's caught up to me and all the toxins are out and I feel great. And I'm, I'm waiting, ready to hear from God. Expect it this week. Are you hearing me? One of our theme verses for the sermon is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. In the NLT it says this, never stop praying. But I, I've been reading the Passion Version. Pastor Carl really got me onto the Passion Version. I love what it says, the Passion Version says, make your life a prayer. Make your, that means you are never not connected with God. Like he, he's with you when you wake, you wake up. He's wait, uh, with you all the way wherever you're driving to. He's work with you when you go to work 
when you go to play, whatever, he's always, that's where he wants you. Because prayer is simply having a relationship with God through talking to him. That's all prayer is. Anybody grow up in the Catholic church around here like me? I grew up in the Catholic church and I am not, I love the Catholic church. Sometimes I mention the Catholic church and I get bad emails. Please don't email me. I am not opposed to the Catholic church. They're reading out of the same Bible. They worship the same God. Let me tell you, I have nothing against it. But I grew up, I was a kid. I went through 12 years of Catholic school. I, my parents, when I was 16, 17 year old, I was still saying the rosary with my dad and mom. Do you think I wanted to be praying the rosary with my mom and dad? That would be a no. I wanted to be out with my friends, but it was just a part of what my family did. I could say the rosary. That's, if you know, it's the Hail Marys and the Our Fathers. I could say it so fast, it would make your head spin. I have no idea what I said, but every word came out. That's not what this is talking about. It's not about repeating a prayer. It's simply pouring out your heart to God pouring out the most intimate thoughts you have, inviting him into every area of your life throughout the day. Lord, I'm about to have a meeting. Lord, show up in this meeting. Somebody wants to talk to me on this phone. Lord, let me be, be a part of this phone call. Let me be a part of this conversation, a part of this decision. I've got to, make a, I've got to talk to an employee today. I've got to make, be in this decision. Be, be everything about you. Everything about you be with God. Are you hearing me? And that's what we've hoped we've accomplished through these four sermons on prayer. And all of them are available online if you haven't heard any of, if you haven't heard them. Because our desire is that you've taken your prayer life to the next level. Today's message is praying with power. Now I'm not talking about, Lord, I lost my keys. Help me find my keys, Lord. Lord, I really want a, po- a parking space close to Alamoana. I want, a, I want Nordstrom's parking right there. Lord, find me a parking space. Lord, I need to pass this test. I haven't studied, but I need to pass this test. Lord, bless this meal. That's not what I'm talking about today. Those are important prayers. I'm not discounting those prayers. But the prayer I'm talking about today is earth, heaven-moving prayers. I'm talking about miraculous, divine, supernatural move of God through you in the life of your fa- yourself, your family, the people around you. I'm talking about praying for somebody to be healed and in Jesus' name, he- be healed. I'm talking about that prayer. I'm talking about allowing a fire, had- a fire uh, hose of blessing in your life, like no restriction, just God's favor and blessing pouring through you and an anointing as you pray. But somewhere along the line, there's things of the word, which we're going to talk about today, where you can get that, that full blast of the blessing and it can be shut down a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's not the full intent God has for you in prayer. Are you hearing me? First thing that starts moving the 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 spigot dial closed, it has to really experience God's power in your life, it has to come from a heart of surrender, a heart of trust, a heart of faith. The word says in the gospel that you can pray for a mountain. In our case, you can pray for any problem and say, move it, and you would need to have what? Faith. It says faith moves that mountain. It starts with faith. And, I, and I'm here to say that to really experience God's full 
blessing of prayer and, and answered prayer in your life, it has come from the, the intensity of your trust in him. But in case you're thinking, oh my gosh, it means I have to be this man of like a woman of unbelievable faith. I'm not there yet. Actually, the word says to move that mountain, you only need the faith of a uh, Do you know how small a mustard seed is? If I put it in my hand right now, I could go like that. It'd be dust. It's that small. But if you've ever seen a mustard plant unpruned, unkept, it overwhelms everything. I mean, it's gigantic. And God said, if, it just, if you just start with a little faith and let me show you that I can do it, then your faith's going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. However, there's an enemy out there that would always want to say, that was coincidence, man. The other thing that stops us from really experiencing God to its fullest and in our, in our confidence in him is our own need for control. Anybody? No, don't raise your hand. Because everybody would raise their hands. How many of ever, I, I might be the only one, I'm not saying that you did, but how many of ever might have prayed, Lord, I really have this issue I need you to take care of. Now, listen up, I don't got much time. And I got the answer to my problem, Lord. I need you to do it this way. And then you go this really long, this is what I need done. And then you always have a little caveat, Lord, but if that's not what you want to do, I could go with plan B. Not my favorite, but plan B would work. And if, and if Lord, I'm, I'm going to give you another out. If plan A, B don't work, I, can, I don't want to. But plan C could be the last. Anybody feeling me on this? What have we done when we pray like that? When we pray and then give God the answer, we're in control. We haven't given it to God. We're in control of the situation. We know what's best. We know. The word says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he's, he has a plan for us. And it's not for good. It's for good, not for bad. It's for a hope and a future. John 10, 10 says, I have come to give you life and life to its fullest. Do you think God wants the best for you? Heck yes. So can I just say, in praying with power, pray this way. Lord, you know my heart. I'm grieving over this. I'm concerned over this. I'm worried about this. I need you to come through on this. My heart's broken about this. Please hear my prayer. Lord, your will be done in this situation. Because what you've done is say, Lord, I care about this. My heart breaks about this. I'm worried about this. But Lord, I give it to you. Are you hearing me? It takes faith. And I promise you, if you don't let coincidences and all oh, that, oh, I don't know how that happened, and really realize God's working in your life. So many times, I've been a Christian a long time. I mean, a pastor a long time. Been a Christian a long time too. But a pastor th for 34 years, I know it's not easy to pray. One of the things that all human beings do struggle with prayer is prayer does not come natural to anyone at first. It doesn't. And especially because there's an enemy out there that knows the power in prayer in your life for you and your relationship with God. And what's the enemy going to do? He's going to throw everything he can at you to make sure that you don't experience the fullness. He's going to say, you're going to get, I fully intend to pray, Lord. Let me, let me spend some time this morning. Oh my gosh, I got so busy. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And out you go. And prayer wasn't even a part of that. Or doubt or discouragement or worry or all the things the enemy, all the tools he has to throw at you so that you don't pray and experience the miracle that God wants to do through you. Because by the way, the power, you're not becoming a superman. There's no, you're not a superhero when I talk about having power. I'm talking about God's power working through you. It's his power. But your heart 
is completely open because you come to trust him. Are you ready for that? Secondly, I, one of my favorite verses seriously on prayer, and I, and I really pray, not pray it verbatim, but I really speak, uh, speak into it every day, is found in, in uh, James 5.16. It says this in the NLT. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you will be healed. Confess your sins to one another, pray for each other, and you will be healed. Now, if you grew up in the Catholic Church like I did, anybody else, we went to confession. When we, as a kid, I had to go to confession. You go into this little room, the priest is on the other side of the screen. He can only, you can only see a silhouette of him. I went to Catholic school. He was my priest. Clearly, he knew who I was. So it go something like this. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. My last confession was last week. Lord, I, uh, Father, I've committed this many sins. I've had some impure thoughts. I lied a few times. That's how it went. That's not what God's talking about when he says confess your sins. What he's saying is allow other people into your life to allow you to navigate life with others. Because when you, see what happens is when we are offended or get hurt, all of a sudden it rattles around up here and all of a sudden it goes to full-blown craziness. Because then it turns into disappointment and anger and resentment and unforgiveness. That's what happens. And can I say the first one is you have to have faith. The second thing, to keep the spigot fully open to God's blessing in your life, there can, be no, there can be no unforgiveness in your heart. There can be no. The word says in Mark, it, Jesus says, don't bring your sacrifice to the altar. Don't, and what we would say is don't bring your prayers until you go back and handle that, that relationship that's out of whack. That's unforgiveness. Tonight, today, we're going to take communion at the end of the service. It says, take communion in remembrance of me, but don't take it if there's not, if there's unforgiveness in your heart. Are you hearing me? So as I read the word and study the word, for you to experience God's power to work through you, you must have the, the, the unforgiveness out. It has to be out. You have to work on making sure that you can do that. Sometimes it means you have to forgive yourself because if you're so wrapped up and, and not care for yourself, your heart decides to get, it, it closes off to the world. The word says that your heart, your soul affects all your body. It affects your physical body, it affects your soul, and it affects your spirit. Forgiveness hinders God's blessing in our lives. Are you hearing me? I love what it says in the Passion Version at 5.16. It says, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and pray for one another so that you'll be instantly healed. That's how fast it happens. Just pray about it. Just say, I'm so sorry I've hurt your feelings. You're healed. That's what it says. But then it goes on to say in, in the NLT, it goes, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer, what does that mean? The original word for earnest is the word that we get energy from. That means that when we pray with passion, when we, when we pray with the depth of our heart and soul, something happens in the heavenly realms. Are you hearing me? Because it says then, what makes us righteous, by the way, does not mean we're this holy roller. All we means is that we're right with God. Righteous means that we're right with God. And that when we're right with God and that we've trust him in some way, we have faith in some way, 
and there's no forgiveness, unforgiveness in our heart, get ready to see what God can do. And it says it right there. Let me read it and finish up in the, in the uh, Passion Version. It says this. Pray for each other and you'll be instantly here. For tremendous power is released through a passionate, heartfelt prayer of the godly believer. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's a promise. If you're looking at me right now going, yeah, that's good for them, but not for me. God, God can't do that for me. Trust me. He can't wait to do it. The word says, the word says, when, when he works through us in this fashion, what, what it does, it brings glory to the Father. And that's what it's all about. The Son wants to bring glory to the Father. The Son wants, Jesus wants to do that so that we bring glory to his name and to the Father. Are you hearing? He wants to do the miraculous in your life. But we hinder that because we don't allow ourselves, because as far as we can see, here's how we also live life. Seeing is believing. Really, that's how we live. And we have to get past that. Because in Hebrews, it talks about faith is the assurance of things that we can't see that will happen. Throughout the Bible, there's, God put a ton of stories so that we, his believers, would trust him to, to have that type of faith that we would pray into the miraculous. Elijah, just all the way through the Bible. I've picked one story. It's an Acts. It's about Peter and about what God did through prayer. Read this. It's in Acts 12. It's an amazing verse. And just to give you a little background, the Jewish people back then ruled the roost. They were in charge. They did everything under Roman rule. The Romans were the governor, the government back then. But really, they were the ones who had the most power, most uh, influence on the Romans. And it says this, about that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some of the believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed by the sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. And Peter at the time clearly was the spokesperson and the leader of the early church. After Jesus went to heaven, Peter was in charge. When he imprisoned him, he placed him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Imagine that. Herod goes, I can't afford to let the, I, I like the way the, the, the Jewish people are adoring me as their leader, so I'm going to make sure that guy stays in that prison. So he gets 16 guys to guard him. I mean, that's serious. He goes on to say this. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church, the church's people, his friends got together and earnestly prayed for him to be released. Earnestly. And here's the result of their earnest prayer. The night before Peter was placed on trial, he was asleep fastened with two chains between two soldiers. I don't know how you sleep like that. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side. Wake up! Get up quick! And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals. And he did then. Now put on your coat, follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell, followed by the angel, but all the time thinking, what the heck is going on here? Is this a vision? Am I dreaming this? And he goes, and he goes on to say, he didn't realize what was actually happened. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate that led out of the city. And the door, the gate opened by itself. How many know 
that that gate did not open by itself. How many know that God can open doors that you thought were completely impossible to open? Completely shut. No way God can open anything. They passed the first, second gate, and they came the door, the gate opened by itself. So they passed through that and started walking down the city streets. And then all of a sudden, the, sudden, the angel left him. F- Peter finally realized and came to a census. Oh my gosh, this is really true. I can't believe it. The Lord has sent an angel to save me from Herod and the Jewish leaders of what they'd planned for me. When he realized this, he went to Mary, the mother of John Mark, and they had been gathered in prayer. He knocked on the door of the gate, and a servant named Rhoda came and opened it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed. But instead of opening the door, she ran back inside to tell everybody Peter was standing at the door. And here's their faithful, amazing. They're praying for his release. Answer. Girl, are you out of your mind? He can't be out there. But she insisted and they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued to knock and finally they came and opened the door and saw him and they were amazed, people of faith. And he mentioned that to quiet down, he told them a story, and then it goes on to say that it wasn't a good day for those 16 shoulders, soldiers. They might have found death that day. Here's what I'm trying to say is the earnest prayer. Another word for earnest, too, is that in some translations, you'll have the word fervent, effective, fervent prayer. It means when we pray, don't we want our prayers to be answered? We want them to be effective? That's what was happening here. And those guys sat and said, Lord, I need you to help Peter. He's in a dire straits. And guess what happened? God answered their prayer. In my life, back in the day, I, uh, when I first started, I've been here for 34 years. And in my early days, my, one of my responsibilities had a team of people to help us come up onto this property. At the time we got this property, we leased it from the Catholic Church, Father's Sacred Heart. We, we leased this nine acres. And when we got it, it was seriously a mountain with a forest on it. That's what it was. You, you know, we used to bring people on the property and many people couldn't get to the top because it's a straight up, straight up walk. It was, a, it was crazy. So, but we started in the early 90s, we started the process of developing this property. And back then, anybody been around a long time? The mayor back then was Mayor Fossey. Anybody around when Mayor Fossey was around? Some of you were. If you, if you weren't, think Donald Trump, uh, think Mayor Fossey. Same guy. Did his own thing, his own way. And then next thing you know, oh, was I not supposed to? Yeah, that was Mayor Fossey. He did his own thing. Mayor Fossey, we met with Mary Fo- Mayor Fossey many times. And he was talked to us. It was, it was amazing because we had to go through public hearings and neighborhood board meetings and get all kinds of studies done to develop the property. It was, it was a long process. And we came to that one day, Mayor Fossey, was going to meet with us. So I brought my team and he had his team, the managing director, the people parting permits and permitting, uh, permitting were there. Other people in the city were there. And here was the big day. And he started a conversation. Mary Fossey goes, this is a good day for you. I'm really excited to tell you that you can develop your property however you see fit. And I was like, oh, praise God. But as fast as he said that sentence, there was a however. There was a but. And he says, but... You cannot drive through the neighborhood because the original way was to drive through the neighborhood and turn right on one of the side streets and drive right onto our property. That's how we were getting on back then. But you can't drive through the neighborhood. I had to catch my breath. Some bad words might have come to my mind. I was freaking out. 
And I cut my composure. I said, Mayor Fossey, Mayor, there is no other way. Well, there is no other way. What you've done is you said we could build, but you actually said, no, you can't build. And I was a bit agitated, would you say? So we, we got out of the meeting, just, where are you at, God? What's going on here? I drive back to the office, tell the team what's going on. Um, of course, we call our engineers and architects, have an emergency meeting the next day, bring our, our attorneys in, all the people involved in designing and everything. Everybody on the team came to a brainstorming meeting on a Wednesday. Our amazing civil engineer, Cal Kim, came up to me and goes, right, go, so let's start the meeting. And Cal just popped right up. Older Japanese man, not a believer, amazing guy. Very quiet guy. Jumped right into the conversation. I, my recommendation is we abandon this project tonight. We walk away. Cut your, cut your losses. Let's just walk away. You're never going to build on that property. There's just no way. I've looked at it. I've searched every other way you could come on the property. All day today, we've been pouring over it. You don't have a choice. Abandon the property. Sell it. Get a sublease it to somebody else. Take whatever money and get done with this project. That's how that meeting started. And everybody else had input. And finally, of course, I'm freaking out because we feel God told us this is, this is our land. So on Friday, we used to have a Friday service back then. Uh, we still do, uh, much smaller than it is today. And in that service, Carl's dad, Pastor Ralph, said, let's pray. We got to pray. We have, a, we have an emergency. We need God to, to answer our prayer. So we prayed in that service that God would give us wisdom to know how to move forward. In that service that night, one of our family, another church family members, dad was in from Oklahoma. He's about 75 years old. Big dude, big dude. I mean, cowboy hat, boots. I mean, if we went to central casting, cast me a dude from Oklahoma, an old man from Oklahoma, he would be it. Like right out of central casting. I mean, got the draw, got the everything. He comes up to me, pastor, would you, uh, would you walk me around the property tomorrow? I, I need to pray about this. I need to think about it. And he started telling me his credential. I said, sure, I'll meet you in the morning. And just so you know, the driveway you drove up there this morning, the first 400 feet are wetlands. The very first step he took onto this property, Bryant put his boot in and his foot came out and the boot stuck. It was, it, it was a marsh. It's a marsh. And the next, in the next part of the driveway, you have to look, there was some kids must have put a rope in because it was so steep. And I literally thought this. If this person goes down and he has a heart attack because he's a big dude, he's, he's puffing pretty hard right now. I got nothing to help him. I, I couldn't pick him up. And that was before cell phones. I said, Amanda, Brian, don't die on me, man. Don't die on me. But he was a really strong man. And then, of course, we went from the state hospital down that ravine across, if we're going to put a bridge across, all that. And uh, Cal Kim told us, called me up and goes, you have no way. I'm going to remind you, you have no way. But Bryant says, I'm going to take this back on Monday to my prayer team, and we're going to pray, and God's going to answer us, and we're going to tell you what your next step is. What is my mind thinking? My mind's thinking, Cal Kim, no hope. That's what I'm thinking. Bryant goes back. He calls me Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, he calls me. Rob, I need you to tell your engineer that we're driving up the way you drove up this morning. And to spare no expense, we're willing to spend the money. God told me to tell you, to tell the engineer, spend the money. Whatever it costs, spend it, because you're going up that way. Well, you just drove up this morning. 
that way. He caused the impossible to happen. Even Cal Kim, not a believer, goes, you know what, I gotta honestly say, I'm not sure I believe in miracles, but you just experienced one. I said, you're right, because God is a God of miracles. Are you hearing me? But before you think those two stories about Peter and myself and our team was, it was only possible for them, it is absolutely what God wants to do in your life. If you're praying about your future, if you have a relationship that wants to get back closer and you think it's done, I mean, my wife and I have been married 42 years. A few years into the marriage, we were going to get divorced. But we were, we were in divorce. I mean, it was done. We were over. God resurrected that, did an amazing thing in our life, and we now have a beautiful family and grandkids. God did the impossible. Whatever is going on in your heart, maybe you have a, a health thing, and you're thinking, God can never heal me. Uh, I've, I'm, God can heal you. Are you hearing me? So this morning, I want to give you a few things, I think, that are the ingredients to having God work miraculously in your life. The first is, you might think it's the most obvious, is Make sure that you pray when there's a problem. And you're going, duh. No, no, we don't always. We go to our trying to control it first. And then out of last resort, throw up a Hail Mary prayer, hoping God would come through. And I want to say this morning is, make sure your first response is prayer, not your last resort. I know in my life, when obstacles and pain and problems come our way, and, and trust me, there's been many, I know when my life is paved with prayer, it always leads to a beautiful end, even though I don't see it. But when my life is paved with resentment, bitterness, discouragement, disillusionment, and that's running through my brain, it leads nowhere. Look what, look what it says in the Word. It says this in Psalm, this is David, in the midst of trying, some people trying to take his life, he goes, but in my distress, I cry out to the Lord. Yes, I pray to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. He heard me from heaven. My cry to him has reached his ear. Do you ever wonder if God's listening? Because God's silent. You're thinking he's, he's not listening. I've been, can you put that picture of my men's group up for me? These are my guys. I'm, I'm going to talk about Carl, the one on your left. These guys and I have been together, Carl and I have been together for over 30 years, and we meet every Tuesday, and we pray, talk about life, talk about God, and we pray for one another. This is, these, these, are, these are intense people in my life. About six months ago, uh, Carl came and told, our group, told, told us that he's been diagnosed with a very rare cancer of the blood, and that there's no cure. And, and that was like just, I mean, that was a punch right out of craziness to us, man. We, we of course, went right to prayer for him. And so the last six months, he's been going through these treatments that have been pretty uncomfortable, but it hasn't made him sick. It just, it, it, for him, it's been a, a little bit of a challenge. But Monday, this week, was his big six-month checkup to see how all that treatment was doing. And he came to it, we met on Tuesday, and he came to us and said, you guys, got to pray for me, because I just got a report from the doctor yesterday that all the treatment they've done, the cancer has over, overcome it. it. It took over. So the cancer has not gotten worse better, it's gotten worse, way worse. Of course, oh my gosh, you know, how do you, how do you comfort your dearest friend who has an amazing attitude, loves Jesus, can't wait for heaven, but I'm not ready for him to leave me yet, and nor is he. So of course, here's what, here's what, here's what happened though. He told us this, but here's what he said, which really threw me off the deep end of the pool. 
God, I've been praying for wisdom from God, and God has been silent. He has left me. He's not talking to me. My heart broke for that. I mean, he was such distress in telling us that God had, God had been completely silent as he's been praying for God. What, what is my next step? Do I take a heroic effort? What do I do here, God? Speak to me. Of course, the guys that were there, the other three of us that were there, we went right into prayer that day. I mean, right into prayer. I mean, our, heart, our hearts broke for him. We were crying like kids, um, trying to think about what, what's going on here. Wednesday morning, first thing, Carl calls me. Rob, you won't believe what happened. At 1.40 this morning, God woke me up, and he told me, he talked to me clearly. He said that I wasn't going to be completely healed, but he was going to walk through this journey with me, with his arms around me. Here's the crazy thing is, the Lord woke me up too. And he woke one of the other guys up. That's how God is. God will come through when you plead for him earnestly. He wants to come through. Secondly, you guys, you gotta pray with passion. The word says, the word says, the word energy, the earnest prayer of a righteous man availeth so much. That is, you're praying with passion. What that means is not a volume. Oh, Lord, help me. No, it comes from the innermost being of your heart. Your heart's broken for a situation. It it comes up from your spirit. You're praying with energy, with motivation, with power. Pray. Look look at what Jesus did. It's an amazing thing about what happened in Jesus' life. In Hebrews, it says this, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayer because of his deep reverence for God. Allow God's heart, what breaks God's heart should break yours, which should lead you to your knees to pray with passion. Thirdly, pray with persistence. I don't know why God sometimes doesn't just say, you're healed Pray one time, one and done, done. But that's not the way it works. The word says this. It says this. Keep on asking and you'll receive. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For anyone who asks, receives. Anyone who seeks, finds. Anyone who knocks the door, the door will be open. The The key word there is continue to seek. Continue to seek. For some reason, God says, I need you to, don't give up on me. Here's what I, we say around here, and I want you to hold it. Be willing to pray through until there's breakthrough. You just keep praying through, praying through. I have a really bad wrist. And John Bevere, one of my golf buddies, uh, author, and he's preached here, pretty famous dude. He says, Rob, you're not praying through your wrist issue. The doctors say it's not heal, uh, fixable, but what does God say? So every day, it hasn't healed yet, but have I given up? I have faith that God will heal my wrist. Pray through until there's breakthrough. Let me, let me read this one to you in, in Ephesians uh, 6 chapter. It says this, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers as all believers everywhere. Here's what I want to say. It says pray in the spirit. That comes from an intimate relationship with God. 
So that sometimes it even says that we didn't even know how to pray. Our, we're grieving so bad over a situation. I know maybe not everybody does this, but when an ambulance goes by me, I, I immediately pray for that ambulance. I know wherever that's going is the worst day of that possibly that person's life. A life-altering day has happened today for that person. What do I have? I don't even know the person, but I allow my spirit to, Lord, speak. To, whatever that is, Lord, you need to help those people. Like on Sunday, when uh, I haven't been watching TV, my wife, so Pastor Trevor our, is my son-in-law, and my daughter came over for dinner on Sunday, and he goes, hey, did you hear what's going on? And I, and I hadn't, and when I heard it initially, I, I, my, I, it's like, man, I, and I walked upstairs. I went upstairs to the upstairs to find out what was going on, but I just sat on, my, on that couch upstairs in, in our sitting room, and I just said, oh, Lord, I don't know how to pray, but you do. I know my spirit was praying for me, and God was hearing it. In fact, it says that in Romans, the 8th chapter. It says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. For the Father who knows all hearts knows what the, sp the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for each for us believers. I, I could go more into that, but I better keep going because I'm going to lose my time here. It says this. He knows all hearts with, with the uh, Spirit pleads for every believer in harmony with God's will. For we know that God causes all things to work together for those who are called by according to his purpose. See, God, sometimes we pray, we're praying with power, but we really don't know what we're praying. It's so... It's so intense. And lastly, can, can the um, worship team uh, and the guys come up and the guys uh, doing the communion, because I want to take communion, and I've run the clock a little bit. Pray for each other. You have to pray with other people. This is super important. You have to have other people in your life. The word says, when two or more are gathered, he is there. There's power when you're praying with other believers. I mean, crazy power. My wife and I pray each, with each other every day, but we have seen God work when we are playing together it's, and by the way, every married couple should be praying together every day. Guess what? It's not natural. You will f you'll feel insecure. You'll feel all those because the enemy knows the power when you pray. Pray with each other. Also, connect groups. Today, we're on the courtyard today doing connect group rallies because connect groups start this week or next week. Get in a connect group because when those connect groups pray, it is crazy what God does when they pray. I've heard tons of stories. In fact, my wife and I are in the process of thinking about writing a book on the miracles God's done through this church. Not what he's done in us, but what God's done in, our, in the life of this church because it's amazing. Pray with other people. Pray with other people. And lastly, Lastly, and most importantly, there isn't even a close second to this. Pray in Jesus' name. The other day, somebody asked me, can you pray for me? Pray for me? He goes, I need you to pray the man upstairs. I said, whoa, whoa, time out. Brother, we're not praying for the man upstairs. We're praying to Jesus, the Son of God. The power, the authority that we have as believers to, Lord, we open the windows of heaven when we, our entree into heaven is Jesus' name. Are you hearing me? In Jesus' name. And this morning, before we, we're going to pass out communion, I want Sabrina, I want us to sing this song. So we're going to stand right now. We're going to pass out the communion, and we're going to take communion when we're in a minute here. But I want us to put our hearts into this song. You are the word of the beginning.
when I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, that means that he was willing to die on the cross for us to have an intimate relationship with his son. I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he'll empower me with the power of his Holy Spirit. What I just read is the Holy Spirit in you, nothing's impossible. Just said that. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you come to trust in him. May you grow, may your roots grow deep down into God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how deep his love really is. And may you experience the love of God, though it's so great you'll never fully understand it. And here's the kicker. Through his Holy Spirit at work in us, may he accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare, dream, ask, or hope. Lord, we come before you, Lord, and in remembrance of what you did on the cross, Lord, we take that cracker as a sign of your blood and we take it right now. And Lord, the juice represents the blood you shed for us, Lord, the grace that you showed, the love that you expressed, Lord, we take that in remembrance of what you did for us right now. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room, Lord, would have an encounter of the supernatural, miraculous, divine encounter with you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a sit. Throw those cups under these seats. Ushers will get them. Let's pray for the... Oh, I want to pray. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I've killed this clock. So sorry. But I need to pray this prayer because this is why we came here today. Because there might be somebody in this room who doesn't know Jesus and that doesn't understand the power that comes by knowing him. Jesus will not force his way into your life. You have to literally say, Lord, I accept your invitation to be a part of your family. So I want to pray for that right now. If that's you, you've never come to know the saving grace of Jesus, I want you to raise your hand right now and I'll pray with you. I need to know who's, who's praying with me this morning. Raise your hand and I'll see, I'll see you. Okay, let me pray with me right now. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you'd come on these people right now, Lord. I pray that you forgive their sins. Lord, Lord, we acknowledge that you died for us on the cross, that you are God, that you're the creator of the universe, Lord, and that we're to trust in you with our lives. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.